Welcome to the Zeitgeist 19 curated podcast, exploring the spirit of now through the lens of art and sustainability. Your hosts are Farah Piria and Elizabeth Zhovkova. Today we are speaking with Andrea Trimarchi and Simone Farizin, known as Studio from a Fantasma, an Italian creative duo based in Amsterdam. They are revolutionaries in the design field as having a multidisciplinary research-based practice acting as a bridge between craft, industry, object and user. We are going to chat with them about their recent challenges, their latest projects as well discuss the responsibility of the creative practitioner and integrating sustainability into the design process. Hi Simone and Andrea, we are very glad to have you here with us today. We are living through real change, a new reality caused by the horrible tragedy of COVID-19. What are the radical changes the world will be facing post-pandemic in your opinion? I don't think we have or we should be talking uh, in general terms about in which way the, the pandemic will affect the world because of course we, we, we don't know. Nevertheless, the thing that we personally are the most concerned is that of course um, any traumatic event offers always um, uh, problematics but also possibilities because it is a moment of disruption. And what we are the most concerned at the moment is that this disruption will not be used in, in, as a possibility. For instance, to rethink the way we produce, the way we travel, the way we work, uh, but that everything will just go back to normal. And we think the normality of before wasn't in any case a normality. And uh, we hope that, for instance, uh, ecological problematics will be taken care uh, much more, even if I think the necessity of reinforcing, reinvigorating economy will probably lead a lot of countries to actually uh, postpone any important ecological decision in favor of economic recovery. On the other side, I think in these days already shows how cities and countries are uh, working towards a different way of like, for instance, uh, dealing with the city. Already, you know, for instance, in Milano, they are building a lot of like uh, bike path because, you know, it's not possible to travel all of us on public transport. And a lot of like uh, an airline needs to uh, take their, uh, their um, flight down because it's not possible to, uh, to fly in this moment. And so I think in any case, there will be a lot of changes that because of the length uh, and the duration of this uh, pandemic will in any case, like slow down the way uh, we approach um, consumerism, first of all. So I think a lot of changes will happen in any case, not so much because government are willing uh, but uh, to do changes, but because they will be forced to do changes. Your latest multidisciplinary exhibition commissioned by the Serpentine Galleries is entitled Cambio, which means change in Italian. How was the idea born and how did you adapt and respond to the extraordinary coronavirus circumstances? So the conversation with the Serpentine Announcer Recovery started uh, quite a long time ago, um, one a year and a half, two years ago. And uh, what was exciting for us is that uh, Anzuric and Serpentine are not interested in doing design exhibitions in terms of displaying of products. 
but they are interested in displaying the way of thinking of designers and to give them the chance to almost make a, a, an exhibition um, as a manifesto of their own way of working. Um, so in a way, uh, this for us was exciting because it, it gave us the opportunity to think beyond the, the objects in the product and to engage in conversation with a variety of practitioners that uh, are influencing or should be influencing the timber industry. And I'm thinking about uh, lawmakers, uh, scientists, philosophers, and, and others, and activists that we have been working with for, for Cambio. Um, for, with the aim of constructing a exhibition uh, that is uh, considering elements that usually are um, not really, I think, very well um, implemented in a design discipline. And I'm referring to the infrastructure upon which open design perform. So when we use materials for product or for buildings or for services, they of course are sourced from specific locations, they are processed, they are distributed, and all this infrastructure needs to be uh, reconceived. And I think it is also a responsibility of designers to look beyond the simple transformation of materials to fulfill human desires and needs, but to also consider the implications of what we do on a larger scale. And of course, cultural institutions can offer this uh, opportunity better than uh, brands or, or um, other contexts. And of course, like COVID-19 had a huge impact in the exhibition itself. Uh, after a week, we opened the show, the show was closed. Uh, so we have been, in any case, able to do the photo shooting and, uh, you know, to install all the, all, the, all the installation. But fortunately, we, since the beginning, we were, in any case, discussing with Serpentine the idea of having um, a website uh, with all the materials since the beginning uh, already available. So all the archive, all the videos, because it's, it's a multimedia um, exhibition, the one on the Serpentine. Um, then in any case, since the beginning, we were already before the opening of the exhibition posting daily on Instagram in the three months before the opening, all the material and research we were doing for the show. So in a way, the uh, exhibition was already um, uh, conceived since the beginning as uh, a digital one too. Uh, and, you know, we have the catalog that had the different content, the one of the one of the exhibition. And since uh, already a month and a half, we are doing also a live program on Instagram that is called Antenna, Antenna Fantasma on Cambio, where we are interviewing some of the people that contributed to the show. So let's say that we have been quite wise probably enough to already think about the exhibition as a different kind of uh, um, platform to, to spread the, uh, the content of the show. The something else that I want to say is that this way of working came from uh, the necessity of making the content of the show available to the largest number of people. So of course we didn't know about the pandemic, but the um, the idea of the exhibition is really about the spreading of certain knowledge and to letting other uh, people that might be interested in the research we've been doing to appropriate it, continue it, and, and extend it even. Mm -hmm. So it is really, the exhibition is really an invitation for others to, to continue what we have been doing. And so accessibility was and is key for the show. Each of your ongoing investigations represent collaboration with experts from the fields of science, conservation, engineering, policymaking, and philosophy. Do you imagine the future of design in a more collaborative way? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 
there's no way of like continuing uh, this discipline if it's not collaborative. Of course, there will be a more traditional part of the design discipline that will be still about, uh, you know, designing product. But even there, you know, you can't do it if you don't have a collaboration, a, a very deep collaboration with the company and with the people within, you know, your team of, of, uh, in, in the studio. So collaboration will be uh, a very important um, part of the design discipline from now on. Multidisciplinarity too, which yeah. is slightly different than collaboration uh, simply. Collaboration has always been central to design, but the multidisciplinarity, we think it will be even more important because one of the problems I think we are facing when I think about the ecological crisis is that for too long, we all have been uh, working in our own niches. So if you think about even the scientific community and how, for instance, now, they are having a, the time of their life in a way, because finally, because of COVID-19, they're going back to finally listen to, to scientists. But for, for a very long time, their knowledge have been very much um, part of the scientific community, but it's so much important to find translator of their the knowledge for a larger public, because otherwise we will never be able to face the, the, the challenges that the world we live in is going to propose us. And it's exciting because every time we speak with these people, they are absolutely willing to, to talk with us. And they feel that discussing with artists, designers, or people that in any case are not within their field, open up their, their, their possibility of discussing certain issues that otherwise they would become too sectorial. So they, we, we found a lot of openness in the, in the discussion with them. Let's go back to your Cambio exhibition for a moment. It is raising awareness of pressing issues of our time, such as the regulatory vacuum of the communities that live in Amazonia, in which no legislation dedicated to forest governance yet exists. Considering the great visibility of your work, do you think that the artist can make a positive social change? Yes, of course there are limitations, but I honestly think that generally citizens of all kind can do positive change. So I think we designers should be investing our time in that too. Um, I think, you know, individual revolutions, they are not going to work, you know. So we can only obtain positive change as a collectivity. And that's also why we are interested in education and we do these kind of works when we can, because of course it's not that we can, you know, live only with this kind of works. But um, our attempt here is to really uh, see how far we can go with our discipline and with our own, own interests mm -hmm. and to possibly, um, you know, contribute to positive change. Something that for, for me is also very inspiring these days that we are having a lot of discussion with a, you know, young people, I mean, we are also young, but like younger than us students, um, that they are looking for uh, this kind of models because they, you know, like in designs in this last period, in last years, there have been not so many discussion around very important issues. I mean, of course, when I speak about design, I speak more about the product design discipline. If you look into design at large, so information design and uh, the uh, systemic design, of course, there is like amazing practices that have been shaping uh, the future of the discipline. This 
big discipline. So in this sense, when you, when you instead you zoom in into more product design as a discipline, you, you don't find so much discussion around you know, Anthropocene and the ecological crisis, etc. So everybody's very looking forward to this discussion nowadays. And I think we, we are the first together with other great people like Alexandra Daisy Ginsburg, and we can name it, you know, there, are, there is a lot of designers in the States working with this team. They are kind of give the opportunity also to the younger generation to find a platform to discuss certain issues. You have another ongoing exhibition that has closed until further notice at Rijks Museum in Amsterdam, for which you have designed recyclable displays. How do you envision the future of exhibition making and how can museums and galleries switch towards more sustainable trends? So I have to say that that exhibition was described as such as a recyclable exhibition by design, but it wasn't really our starting point and we have made it very clear to, to them. We made, we made some consideration with the museum about it, but the commission came to a moment um, in time where our contribution couldn't really be as holistic as we wanted in terms of making it more recyclable. Um, so the, the purpose of the show actually wasn't, was more traditional. Um, nevertheless, with the museum, we made some considerations that are the one described in the article we are referring to. But I wouldn't uh, really speak about that exhi exhibition as an example of, um, of a fully, show that yes. addressed fully yeah. ecological uh, problems. Um, nevertheless, I think your question is very interesting because we are looking into it and uh, we think that there's a lot of potential for temporary interventions to be rethinked considering the necessities of uh, a more sustainable approach. Um, and the sort of the possibilities are infinite, it depends really on the context. So I personally feel that I cannot really give a proper answer even if I think that temporary installation should be much more based on um, the borrowing of um, elements more than the, uh, the constant uh, build of um, custom-made uh, materials. There's too much effort in temporary interventions for how long they last. Well, and already an exhibition, in any case, has you know, a quite long duration, you know, usually there are three, six months. So let's say that in any case already these ephemeral um, happening are uh, a bit more long lasting compared to, you know, fashion show, for instance, they are like lasting for 20 minutes and you have a lot of waste. So there is a lot of potential there. And actually it's something that in, as a studio, we are very interested. And next year we are going to work on, or we already have like several, four or five exhibitions to, uh, to work on um, in terms of like set design. So we are very excited also to start to introduce more of these issues also, also there. Speaking of sustainability, after your research project looking at e-waste, you launched a campaign to encourage designers to create more sustainable technology. What is the role design plays in our environment? Well, you know, design doesn't play one role. It's multiple roles and it depends also which kind of role you want to take on. So, um, you know, it, in a way it is difficult to give uh, one answer only. Nevertheless, I would say that, uh, you know, what, what, we, what we are trying to do, right, so we give a personal answer to this, is to structure our way of working in different ways. One is with more 
I would say, uh, traditional and commercial commissions. That is also what helps the sort of the economy of the studio. And we have part which is much more research-based, which is connected also to our involvement to um, education. So because we see uh, also the responsibility of designers to, uh, when they believe in certain ideas, to also um, not really pass them on, because that's not the point of education, but to collaborate with other designers within education so that uh, certain ideas don't live just in a vacuum. Yeah. And it has been for a long time, I think, a lot of designers, even like the, the, you know, the most important designers in the, in the past, that they haven't been that great in passing on or in encouraging the next generation in, in being braver or, or, or um, in encouraging them and helping them develop their own personality and, and point of view. So um, let's say that we take on different, different roles. What we hope in the future is in any case that, that, or even in our very close present, that our more research-based practice is influencing more the conversation we are having with, with brands and companies. Um, but we see that as a long-term um, possibility. Maybe it would be a failure, but nevertheless, we see that in these days we are starting to have more conversation with different companies that approach our work not only exactly. anymore from the product perspective. Super interesting that after actually after COVID or immediately during COVID, the, all the requests from companies or institutions, they are only about topics that are very relevant. So for me, it's very exciting because from now on, we are going to have all work that are related to what we are very interested in. And there's no, almost no of any of the project we are going to do that is just about designing. Let's talk about your previous work. In your exhibition, Actionary, at the Design Museum in London, you showcase the use of volcanic lava as a raw design material. What are your latest material discoveries and with what we can replace the conventional ones? Well, um, we are now at the moment specifically looking into, let's say, innovative materials because with Cambio we have been looking more into, uh, you know, timber and, and how um, the, the, the industry of timber is, is shaped, also, you know, politically shaped and economically shaped. Regarding the, the, the work of, of Ex Cinere, um, it was a, a very extensive work because it started actually with the previous work, the Natura Fossilium, where we were looking at uh, uh, the ashes from Etna Volcano as a possible, uh, as possible material. <coughs> and what we thought was interesting uh, to develop it as a more sort of industrial product, um, in the case of the work with Zach, uh, tiles glazed with volcanic ashes. Um, the, the starting point there was the idea that uh, we could use um, non-extractive materials because, of course, uh, ashes from uh, a volcano, they are expelled by the mountain. And there is no need to actually excavate it from the underground, which is more invasive uh, process. So that was the starting point of that work. And we are now considering, and we are in conversation with... Um, another possible partner that, that is interested in our in this approach to, to materials but let's say in this moment we are very much focused still on, on cambio yeah and also you know purely material research probably is not something that interested us above all you know it's we did it at the beginning of our 
uh, studio, like when we work on with the Botanica, with Autarchy, or, or other uh, work like the Natural Fossilium. But let's say that that is not our main focus anymore. I mean, we are interested on that, but also we see the limit of uh, a pure research material because if those research are not taken on from companies in a, in a very serious way, then they, most of the time they die. So, uh, and we have been quite lucky to find uh, Czech, uh, so to continue the natural fossilium in, into ex genere, but it's very rare that you find those kind of like uh, um, combo. So let's say that if we will do another very research material approach, we will, uh, project, we will do it only if it's specifically a company come to us. We will, I think we will never do it again as a, as a purely investigation of the studio. So from a commission. On the Zim Green Day conference, Richard Hutton proclaimed that plastic recycling is bullshit while describing plastic as the cancer of our planet. What are your thoughts on it? And can we really recycle plastic? That is an oversimplified statement. Yeah. Well, I would say in general, well, plastic is not a, a devil. You know, it's, it's an amazing material, actually. You know, with a, with a drop, you can build a house almost. You know, it's, it's, it's a very also functional material. It's how it's, it is applied that is completely, it's completely wrong. Uh, you know, like this throwaway um, uh, attitude we have towards plastic is the one that we should should change. I think you know, plastic it's a it's a material that it's not even a material. Exactly. It's a tons of material it's that engineer material. daily. Exactly. So for me, it's more the application that is completely wrong. Uh, in terms of uh, recycling, I do understand what Richard said. Um, exactly because recycling is not uh, the solution. But sorry, but I need to intervene. I yeah. think recycling is part of the solution, but it's a short-term solution. Exactly. Of course, if we keep on wasting as we're doing and consuming as we're doing, well, the things will not change and, and recycling is not the solution, but it's a short-term important solution. So I think there's a lot to do with recycling that is totally valuable, but we need to also understand the scale and the complexities of problems. And we cannot all the time uh, solve things uh, proclaiming, oh, that is bullshit, this is right, that is wrong, that's not how it is. We see problems as the bodies of a, of a human, and you need different triggering points, as in acupuncture, to cure a, a huge problem. But it's not with one solution you solve things, but it is a multitude of, of complexities and different scales of intervention. So recycling is absolutely important still. In this moment, especially in this moment in time, because we don't have a long-term solution. So in this short-term solution, recycling must be done then i agree that you know we need to implement a completely different way of dealing with the material but plastic is not a devil for sure our last question is about design's virtual design festival which is the world's first online design fair where you are part of the lineup how do you perceive internet for further developments in the sector does it bring us together or further apart both Again, there's never, there is never one solution and there is never one answer. Um, there's tons of possibilities and, and problematics. I mean, we should always remember that tools are always neutral. It's what you do with it that makes a difference. So, um, you know, it is as simple as this. So 
there, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of problematics that comes together with, with digital technologies in terms of addictions, uh, online bullying, um, data protections and lack of privacy. Nevertheless, you know, the experience of being in lockdown uh, was mitigated, for instance, by digital tools. And uh, we totally are all aware, I think, that, um, you know, they offer us a lot of opportunities. I think, if I think about design, it's quite behind compared to other disciplines uh, in the use of, like, uh, for instance, digital tools. Um, if I think about fashion, you know, in any case, the selling, then we are, of course, we are going to talk about consumerism and then maybe we should not talk about that. But uh, in any case, they are using already the, the in the, the tool, the, the digital tool to uh, promote better what they are doing. Uh, and compared I think to furniture com design. Compared to furniture design. I mean, there is completely, you know, no, no companies are dealing with that at the moment. But if you think about that, you know, while at this, in this moment also fashion use it only as a, you know, tool to sell more, um, you already see in these days also how the big brands are appropriating for instance, Instagram to kind of create much more uh, interesting content than the, the simply lifestyle one. So I think um, this pandemic also teach us that these tools can be used on a much more productive, much more um, intelligent, intelligent way. way. Thank you, Simone and Andrea, for this inspiring conversation and good luck with everything. Thank, Thank you, you too. too.